Father God, I thank you for these men. God, what a blessing it is to walk in this world with uh, others that, uh, that can see and hear you. I pray that they would be drawn closer to you through our time this morning. I pray that we would be able to praise your name. We'd be able to honor your name, Lord. And Lord, I, I pray for wisdom, insight, that we would be ready in season and out of season to do that what you call us to do, that we would not be aiming for comfort here in this world, but we would be hungering to pursue and, and obey you. Just uh, walk with us. Bring the men, the rest of the men here this morning safely and allow us to honor you in this time. Grow us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. We are standing on the rada. Yeah. 
I'm a winner, I will never be a loser. I say I'm a winner, I will never be a loser. Yeah, we know it. We know, we know it. We know, we know it. I'm a winner, we know it. Good stuff. We uh, we get to go back into Acts, and uh, Peter Peter had a vision. And how many times did God have to show it to him? Three times. Three times, Three times right? Three times. Did Peter get it? We find out he didn't really get it. He did. Because you know what? The first line, first verse today, we talk about he's pondering. He's going, huh? Three times. Huh? He's still thinking, right? So we have we have Peter pondering. But you know what? When you're pondering, you're thinking about changing direction, right? You're wondering, what am I supposed to be doing? And God had purpose in doing that. God was getting Peter out of his armchair. You know what armchair? Armchair? You know, sit back, relax. Here's Peter. He's a Jew. 
He only hangs out with Jews. Ah, this is the life. I'm a Jew. I hang out with Jews. And God was saying, Poke, get out of your armchair. I want you to do something different. And so he's making him uncomfortable. He's making him think. He's making him ponder, right? Are we relaxed or are we ready? We, God wanted Peter ready to do something different. So he's poking him. He's getting him out of his armchair. We can be comfortable or we can be hungry to do things that are honoring to God, right? Walking in faith means being ready, willing, and able to move in any direction at any time to do whatever God calls us to do. We have to be ready. We have to be willing. We have to be able to do that sort of thing. They had a saying in the military. Uh, I worked with the military a lot when I was younger. Uh, in my 20s, I, I saw a bunch of these guys. And one of the things that they would tell me is, yeah, our, our, uh, our sergeant, our master sergeant, when they were going through boot camp and they're training people, he would, he would expect instant obedience. If he said something, you obeyed. No questions asked. And his statement was, when I say jump, you ask how high on the way up. You don't wait and say, how high, sir? You start jumping and you say, how high as you go up? Because you have to obey immediately. You have to be ready always to get going. Jump. How high, sir? On the way up. So we want to be ready at, at any moment. Second Peter, or excuse me, Second Timothy 4.2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching. This concept of being ready in season and out of season. The only, only time we have to be ready is when we go to church, right? That's the only time we have to be, be Christians, right? The only, only You go to church and you just be a Christian only when you go to church. You don't have to be a Christian the rest of the week, right? No. You have to be ready in season and out of season. All the time you have to be ready to listen, to hear, to obey God. God doesn't want us comfortable doing the same thing, being on course and not changing. How smart are we? Are we smart enough to set a perfect course in life? Or are we going to have to make some adjustment because we're not able to perceive everything, right? God doesn't want us comfortable. He wants us ready. Are we going to be relaxed? Or are we going to be ready? Are we going to be in our armchair? Or are we going to be ready to go? You know, they, uh, another thing that I had when I was, I was playing football. I was playing American football, but I also play uh, soccer or football, as you guys know it. And one of the things that we, we taught kids, I, I coached for years. I coached kids. And I want them to be ready. When the football is coming, I want them to be ready. So I don't want them sitting back in their relaxed position like this on the field, right? Laying back, picking flowers, looking at butterflies. I have kids that do that, you know? I mean, I'm teaching little kids. And I have a kid in the, in the field laying down, picking up flowers, looking at the clouds. That's not ready, right? Yes. And so I tell them, okay, when you're going to be ready, you're going to be standing like this. Your feet are apart. You're on your toes. You're balanced. You can go any direction at any time, right? So... 
I want to be ready. And if the ball goes to my right, I can move to my right. But if he fakes to my right and I start moving that way and he goes the other way, I can react and I can go back to my left. So I'm on my toes. I'm ready. That is not a relaxed stance. A relaxed stance is standing like this with my hands behind my back, leaning back. I can't go anywhere very quickly, can I? So I, t I come to my kids and I say, are you ready? And then I will push on their chest and they will fall over. But I say, if you're like this, you get down, you get your center of gravity down. And if I push on you, you just move your feet and you're still there. You're not going anywhere. You're ready. This is how we need to be as Christians. We need to be ready to do whatever God calls us to do. And that's what Peter is doing. Because God is getting him out of his comfort zone, getting him on his toes, getting him to the point where he's ready, right? We want to be hungry. What's Peter's motivation? Peter's motivation is to do God's will. And so he's going to get out of his armchair and he's going to be ready. He's going to be looking. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 4, verses 32 through 34. He said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Now we're talking about food. Food is a motivation. People get hungry. They go do things, right? We work because we are hungry. We want to eat. He says, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. That's the motivation. That's the motivation that gets Peter up out of his chair, on his toes, ready to go. The motivation to do God's will. Are we comfortable or are we hungry to do God's will? Are we relaxed or are we ready to do what God calls us to do? Let's read Acts chapter 10, verse 17 through 23. Let's see. Oh, I got the wrong spot there. So remember, we just had God show Peter three times. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, behold, three men are looking for you. Rise. Go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the man and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So Peter invited them to be his guests. The next day he rose and went away with them and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. So Peter was ready. He was on his toes. He moved, right? So we look at that. Acts chapter 10, verse 17. Now while Peter was inwardly perplexed, as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, the men showed up. 
See, God's timing and God's input are perfect. In your life, God will do this to you. He will make you wonder. He will push you a little bit and he will get you thinking. And then he will give you the input. Did he tell Peter what was going to happen? He didn't. He dropped down a sheet out of the heaven with a bunch of animals in it. Had nothing to do with Cornelius. Had nothing to do with the people off in, in uh, this other place. It was a sheet full of animals. But God was getting his mind working in a different direction. We're getting him out of his comfort zone, getting him ready. God repeated the message he gave to Peter three times and only three times. He could have done it more. He could have done it less. God chose three times because that's what Peter needed. If he'd done it four times, Peter wouldn't have reacted the same way. God does that with us. He will peek us. He will run us into people enough to get us to change direction correctly the way we need to go. So he's going to work on us. He is perfect. He knows how much we can take. Remember, we have a, a 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. God knows what we can bear. God knows what it will take to change our direction. God knows our heart. And so God knew Peter's heart, and it took three times to peak Peter's interest to get him to thinking. And then he says, now go talk to these guys. Has he told them what he's going to do yet? He still hasn't told them what he's going to do. Peter still has to stay on his feet, stay on his toes, get ready to move wherever God's going to have him go. It shook Peter up and got him out of his comfort zone and he was pondering. God got him out of his armchair, ready to consider something new and different. Are you relaxed or are you ready? Acts 10, 18. And he called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. These are the men. They called out to ask if... And while Peter was pondering the vision, the, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Once God got Peter out of his comfort zone, then he could redirect him. He didn't have those guys come to the gate he didn't have Peter go to the answer until Peter had had the vision, had pondered. Then he gave him new direction. Rise, go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? Peter's still asking. He doesn't know. God hasn't told him what he's going to do. But he's on his toes. He's moving. He's doing what God has called him to do. God's pushed him in the chest a little bit. He's moved his feet a little bit, and now he's getting ready to go. Okay, what do you want me to do? Why are you guys coming? God sent you. Why did God send you? Are you relaxed or are you ready? Like Peter now, he's ready. He's like, okay, so why did God send you? What am I doing? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house. Guys, this was absolutely against all things that Peter knew. God had him up on his toes. God had him moving now. And now God's going to give him a different direction than he's ever gone before. He's got to go to the house of a Gentile. 
That is forbidden as a Jew. You cannot go to their house. You can't even interact with them, let alone go, go to their house. God is calling him to go to a Gentile's house. God needed Peter to break out of his lifelong course of associating only with Jews. So God shook him up, got him up on his toes, got him moving, and he said, okay, now you're out of your armchair, no longer relaxed in your Jewish lifestyle. I'm going to get you up. I got you pondering about all these animals that I dropped down. And you're going, huh? God knows what it takes to get our attention. God knows what it takes to move us. Guys, are you relaxed or are you ready to go when God opens the door? This is Peter's case. Relaxed or ready? Acts 10, 23. So he invited them in to be his guest. And the next day he rose and went away with them. And some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. Peter didn't dilly-dally. He got about doing that which God had opened the door for him to do. He wasn't relaxed anymore. He was ready. You see, up until that point, Peter had been going to see only Jews. God changed the course of his direction through this vision, right? He will do what's necessary in your life to give you opportunity to change direction. We have to choose to change. We have to be ready. We have to get out of our relaxed state. We have to get out of where we are normally, and we have to be ready to move. Up on your toes, not sitting back. Up on your toes, ready to go. Which direction is God going to take me? And then obey, obey, obey. Jump, how high, sir? On the way up, we're ready to go. What are you hungry for? Are you satisfied? Are you looking for something else? Or are you satisfied with where you're at? Are you hungry to know God, to do his will? Our human nature is to seek comfort, to to seek the status quo. I just want to, you know, I, I've told you guys this before, but I, I see people in the United States, their entire life goal is to retire, to get to the point where they can sit back and do nothing. This is what I want. I'm living to do nothing. That's crazy. Why would you live to do nothing? You know what happens when we do nothing? Our body deteriorates. You don't want to aim for that. Get a bigger life goal. Get a bigger life goal. What is your aim? What is your purpose? Be ready to do and act according to what God calls you to do. That is a worthwhile life goal. That will impact eternity. Ah, it's interesting. Our human nature is to seek that comfort and stability and, and set forth a course that's constant for the rest of our life. I think I want to retire in Tahiti. I set my course, I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire. How wise am I? How smart am I? Do I know all things? Can I set a course that's unchanging? I cannot because I am imperfect. If I let go of my desire to, to set that, my course, and I accept God's course, he can set a perfect course for me, but it won't be according to what I think. It's not gonna be comfortable. It's gonna require change. It's gonna require me to be on my toes. What is your objective in life? What is your aim? Don't make it to be comfortable. 
Don't make it to be at ease. Make it to be ready to do whatever God calls you to do. Don't be relaxed. Be ready. 2 Timothy 2.4 No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please his commanding officer, not himself. Your aim needs to be to please your commanding officer, not yourself. 2 Timothy 3.10. This is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. Was Paul relaxed? Or was he ready? You know what? 2 Timothy is, is one of the last books. Philippians is the last book that he wrote. But 2 Timothy is one of the last books that Paul wrote. And he wrote it where? In jail. He was in prison. He was in prison condemned to die. And he's writing. Was he relaxed? He is still writing. He's still letting everybody know as much as he can about God. He has an aim to honor and glorify God throughout the entirety of his life, right to the end, right? And in Philippians, he tells us his aim, his goal. Philippians 3, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. I've said it to you before because this is my aim, my goal. I want to, I wish I could be as powerful as Paul. I may never get there, but I can aim for it, right? Not that I have attained all these things or have already been made perfect, but I press on. Paul was pressing on even in prison. I press on toward the goal. God has, has made us to press on, given us the opportunity. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. That perfection is available only in eternity, but I can press on toward it in this life. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. This is Paul's aim. Remember he said, Timothy, you have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life. This is Paul's aim in life. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. I have not made perfection my own yet. But I press on. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. All my imperfection I am putting behind me. And I'm going to strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. God, if you are on your toes, ready to move, God will reveal it to you. He will move you where you need to move. Don't be relaxed. Be ready to do what God has called you to do. Honor and glorify Him today in your work and pursue knowing Him. Thank you, guys. I'm going to close with that thought. Let me close in prayer. Father God, thank you for these men. Thank you for the joy I have in being here in Banga. Lord, you have brought me to Banga for your purpose. And Lord, I don't know all that you have, but I want to be ready to obey, 
to do what you called me to do. And I pray that these men would pursue knowing you and being ready to do anything that you call them to do. Help them honor and glorify you today in the work that they do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, guys.